to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. This series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. Hello, my name is Jeff Thiel. I'm the Assistant Vice President of Pharmacy Administration at North Shore University Health System, Edward Eldenhurst Health. I'll be your host today. Today, we're sitting down with Becky Taylor, who's the Vice President of Pharmacy at UPMC, and Brian Latham, who's Executive Director of Pharmacy at Bond Secures Mercy, to discuss the challenges that many health systems leaders are facing regarding recruitment and retention of our pharmacy workforce. We hope to explore some creative solutions to this timely topic. Welcome and thanks for joining us today. So, Brian and Becky, I'm going to start off with a question, and, and um, Becky, I want you to lead us off here. Can you share the trends that you've been seeing in healthcare recruitment, and what have you done to address some of these challenges? Thank you, Jeff. That's a great question, and Brian's so excited to do a podcast with you. Obviously, across the United States, we're seeing fewer folks apply for open positions, and to that end, We've tried a number of different strategies, including sign-on bonuses, increased advertising, and some strategies around changing the way that we do some shift work. Unfortunately, we've also seen a lot of folks that are close to retirement age go ahead and retire earlier than I think we've expected, and I would say specifically in our pharmacy technician group. One of the other items that we've explored that's worked a little bit, but I would say it's earlier on as a recruitment strategy, is trying to figure out what portions of that work can be remote and done tele to support the teams that are on site. We have had some early success in both pharmacist and technician positions. Yeah, thanks, Becky. Brian, what have you guys done at, at Bon Secures? Sure, thanks, Jeff. And similar to Becky, I think we've all nationally experienced the troubles with recruiting and also retention of, of our workforce, so not only in pharmacy, but other healthcare professions within the hospital system, whether it be lab, radiology, dietary, and so forth, have had similar challenges uh, related to recruitment and retention. I read a statistic the other day that said 100,000 nurses have left the workforce in the last two years. So so everyone's struggling and, and trying to fill those open vacancies that, that we've had post-COVID here. So, so some of the reasons are the, the increased stress, the workload, uh, retirements, and so forth. So trying to look at the workforce of the future and how things might look differently has been a strategy for our health system, system, and I'm sure others as well. So I, I know Becky mentioned creative shifts and scheduling. So a few of our hospitals in, in our system have looked at, typically we've had seven on, seven off uh, night shift pharmacists for, for quite a few hospitals, but looking at how that might work for a second shift and how that might be successful for, for some shift scheduling on those off hours, looking at sharing a position and so maybe two part-time positions sharing that for a decreased workload and work-life balance uh, has been successful I, i've seen but also looking at where we can hire prn or as needed staff i know 
train. If you're close to a college of pharmacy, recruit some professors to, to do some staffing or extra interns to fill those technician shortages have definitely been a help over the last couple of years. Some other items relate to, you know, career ladders, I think. Uh, new technicians coming into an organization don't know what roles they might play in the future or other healthcare careers that they can expand into. Pharmacy technicians are often seen as a starting role in hospital pharmacy or in the uh, health system. And so looking at what programs are available for tuition assistance to expand that person's role in, in another healthcare career that maybe is in a similar shortage situation, I think might entice people to come into that workforce. We've had a system in place for the last couple years where there's a pharmacy technician training program. So if there's someone in environmental services or dietary that wants to come and shadow in the pharmacy and it might be a career for them, there's a program that they can enter into where they would be trained as a pharmacy technician, do their didactic component through an external program, and then their on-site training through one of our retail or hospital pharmacies to become a certified pharmacy technician. So we've seen some, some success with that, but hopefully that will continue to grow. And then as, as Becky mentioned, the uh, retention and recruitment with sign on and pay has trying to keep up with what other health systems and retail pharmacies are doing has been a challenge, but trying to make sure that we're staying competitive with those is necessary. Thanks, Brian. Really great, great insight in some of the work that you've done. I'm sure, it's been a big lift, but uh, sounds like some really rewarding opportunities there. And, and Becky, just going back to you for a second, I know you'd mentioned some some opportunities and initiative, initiatives around shift work and in remote work. Do you have anything different, maybe that you all you and PMC worked on? That Brian mentioned. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I would say. Um, I- Along the lines of some of our more rural hospitals, we've specifically found that folks were definitely more in tune with 12-hour shifts versus eight-hour shifts to decrease their drive and commute to work. So that's been something that's worked in some of those areas. And like I mentioned, for we do have two pilots ongoing for pharmacists for remote order verification again, to support the on-site folks, but where we're trying to lump several hospitals together within a region, and we call them sort of geographic pods, where you know folks will be able to take on order volumes from surrounding hospitals, where, you know, again, they sort of have similar physicians or similar providers, and so they're able to sort of help each other out. And that is new for us, but I know that some other health systems have done that for a long time. Brian, one of the things you mentioned reminded me of some reading that I had done in sort of non-pharmacy healthcare newsletters where a lot of these folks, whether it's folks that want to do dietary or environmental services or pharmacy technicians, may or may not actually be interested in advancing. So one of our strategies has sort of been that you know, whatever entryway you come into the health system, that doesn't have to stay your swim lane. So you might really just want to do something different. Maybe you come in as a pharmacy technician and then maybe eventually you want to move into scheduling 
or um, medication access. But folks may or may not really want that responsibility of being promoted or, or working through a career ladder. So we've sort of been talking about, you know, you have all of these avenues within the healthcare system that you can take advantage of. And we think that that's working a little bit for recruitment for a lot of different allied health positions and needs that we have. Yeah, thanks, Becky. Really, really great insight. And, and I think there's a lot that we can learn from other allied health professionals within the hospital. We're certainly not the only part of the industry that is that is challenged with these uh, these approaches. So um, thank you, Brian. And thank you, Becky, for sharing that. Brian, I'm going I'm to start off with you this time. You shared a lot of great insight and detail around some of the, the visions that you have all done to address some of these challenges. So let's talk about a little bit about the process and, and maybe some of the lessons learned and some of the communication and cultural challenges you may have had within the department or even outside the department. So I was wondering if you could share some of those pieces of information with the audience. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. So a, a few cultural changes, as Becky mentioned, we, we've explored the 12-hour shifts as well, and that has been successful, is trying to adjust your, your staffing model to reflect those longer shifts or to accommodate for changes in, in how the, the day is structured for duties and the technical staff or pharmacist staff, for, for that matter. A few things that we've done culturally is implemented huddles at all of our and all of our pharmacies to help engage the staff more so not just the pharmacy leader having items at the huddle but each staff member or staff members contributing to that or the huddles being led by a staff member so that they're more engaged in the changes going on within the department and can participate in hospital committees or or work that's that's happening other items, we've, we've also implemented the remote order verification, uh, similar to what uh, UPMC is looking at. So within that model, it's been live about a year and a half and about 16 pharmacists entered that model. We haven't had any turnover. And so there has been a nice work model that, that we have seen no issues with retention in, in that model. So, so trying to, to structure uh, Self-scheduling has also been another initiative, and so in many departments, the ability for staff to schedule around physician appointments or other work-life commitments allows for a better better model to not use PTO or time off to, to schedule some of those things. So we are close to implementing an electronic self-scheduling system in the, in the next month for our pharmacy staff. So we'll see how that goes in, in the next six months, but hopefully that will help engage the staff more and be more in tune to working around those, those life commitments. Great. Thanks, Brian. Becky, could you share some of your thoughts on this? Um, for sure, and uh, congratulations on that self-scheduling tool. That sounds awesome, although probably a lot of work up front, but an, that investment, I think, is going to pay off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't you can't really recruit the next group of folks that you want to bring into, into your system if it's going to be exactly the same. So I think some sort of necessary changes that, you know, we learn from employee engagement surveys is that specifically pharmacy technicians really do want to report to pharmacy technicians. And that sort of affirmation of, of a technician pathway that they can take through your health system, I think has yielded us really positive results. 
in so much in that when we look at leadership structures of particularly our larger hospitals, like 400 beds and above, you know, really we do have to build in, you know, lead layers, supervisor layers, so that we can ensure that all of our staff feel supported, especially with the increase in pharmacy compliance needs when it comes to USP 797 and 800 and the sterile product space but also in, you know, obviously everything we look at with our IT systems in 340B. So this evolution, I think, of folks to be growing in all of these different ways, I think shows people that we're serious about really creating careers that are long lasting. And again, specifically things that we've heard from our frontline technicians is that they really do really enjoy reporting to a pharmacy technician. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Becky. And and certainly very important things that I think we've all learned during this process and, and evolution of reevaluating our retention strategies. So I think really important things um, that you all learned through that process. So we've, we've talked about, you know, where the trends are. We've talked about uh, what we've started doing to address to some of these trends. And, and we just uh, really discussed some of the lessons learned and cultural changes. So now comes to, you know, how, how are things shaking out in terms of the outcomes? What are we seeing in terms of all these uh, initiatives and the work that we've done? So, so Becky, you want to share kind of what you've seen initially based on some of the changes that you've made? What type of outcomes you're seeing in terms of retention for your group? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Jeff. That's a great question. Number one, I think it's important that when we meet with other stakeholders outside of pharmacy, such as administration and human resources, to be able to share that, you know, everyone across the country is struggling in this way. And so being able to leverage and use some of the survey data, I think, has been really, really helpful. I think it's a little too early to tell if what we're doing is helping to retain folks you know, again, post pandemic, you know, we've only had a lot of folks in place for a year or less. And so I sort of feel that time will tell. And I think that, you know, obviously career laddering is important to retention as is ongoing training and professional development. You know, we recently have contracted to provide, you know, an ASHP accredited program option for our pharmacy technicians. But I, I think time will tell and I'm really hopeful that what we're doing is going to work in the years in the future. But, you know, I think we need a really large investment in what we do in terms of pipelining, you know, for both pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. So curious, Brian, as to what you guys are doing in that space. Sure. Thanks, Becky. So, as you mentioned, we're just a few years post-pandemic, so I mentioned the ROV and the, the lack of turnover and those pharmacists with that better work-life balance. The longer shifts, uh, seven on, seven off, seem to be at a higher level of retention with, with those particular scheduling patterns. Other things that we've noticed when we're hiring non are pharmacy technicians that haven't had that previous background as a pharmacy tech. So they're technician trainees new to the profession or new to the organization. Um, it seems that as though they're 
turnover is higher than those that maybe have come from retail or another health system. So ensuring that staff coming into the organization, if they haven't had that pharmacy background, inviting them in to do some shadowing prior to them being hired is, is maybe important. And some, some sites have done that as a, as a means to prevent expectations being different than what they thought pharmacy was as a career. So we've, we've started doing more of that. As you mentioned, trying to partner with vocational schools has been a goal as well. So getting high school students interested in either becoming a pharmacist and, and a pharmacy tech. I think in the past, we've always, you know, done those career talks talking about becoming a pharmacist and, and the pathway to that. But there's also many high school students that might be interested in pharmacy technician as a career and developing those partnerships with the local vocational or technical schools has been something we've we've been working on over the last year so we'll see how that pans out over the next next couple years as well great thanks thanks brian yeah i think we're all we're all in a very similar situation and looking at many of those options we we know we have to do we have to do something and it sounds like um, a lot of the work good work that you all have done is, is starting to see some some good successes so that's great so now we're kind of moving towards the future uh, let's get our crystal balls out here and knowing that what we're doing now is very important to the success for our future but uh, we know there's potential some challenges ahead related to uh, ongoing workforce challenges. We see, you know, so maybe some of the admission rates to our pharmacy schools dip a little bit, which leads into maybe a dip in the graduation weight rates. So, you know, I'd be interested to get your thoughts. Maybe, Brian, I'll start with you on, on what we see towards the future and some of the challenges that we have to, to look forward to and, and maybe some opportunities down the road here. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. I mentioned the partnership with vocational schools. In addition to that, creating those more advanced pharmacy tech positions whereby the pharmacy leader can justify to human resources extra pay that could be attributed to their increased responsibilities within the department or within the pharmacy um, has been something we've worked on to help advance that that pay scale for for the pharmacy techs because we all know that they're doing great work and do deserve a higher rate of pay scheduling flexibility is something we're we're trying to take a look at and with the the self-scheduling mechanism hopefully that will lead to to more success um, as far as pharmacist recruiting we as you mentioned jeff there is a, a decrease overall national enrollment in pharmacy schools. So I'm ensuring that we're partnering with the schools for students and residency programs to help engage them within our own hospitals and health systems for for future employment opportunities has become a strategy, as well as looking at automation within the pharmacy. So beyond maybe a pharmacy robot or Pixis or OmniCell, what else can we do within the pharmacy to automate processes or to provide better computer programs to give us the data we need versus searching for some of those answers with AI coming available and, and other programs. We, we're hoping, you know, the narcotic diversion detection is one of those great examples where we have a lot more information than we have in the past. And so improving our time spent on some of those activities hopefully will will lead us to a decreased need for some of those hours being spent on previous previous roles. Thanks, Brian. And Becky, what does your crystal ball say? 
I love all of Brian's ideas. I, I was specifically interested to hear, you know, I think, I think when we think about automation and the future of what that looks like in pharmacy, I think we've really got to build and design the system so that, you know, the automation does what automation does best, like routine, repetitive tasks that is not really the best use of anyone's time. You know, whether that's making, you know, a certain batch of syringes that we've deemed is something that probably causes too much stress to our techs in the IV room or, you know, responding to the same sort of, you know, missing medication in basket or message that comes into our staff. So I think we've got to figure out the best way to leverage the technology that exists and then partner with our vendors to figure out, you know, what is that next level that we really need to get to? And how do we how do we create the work so that it's rewarding work that requires problem solving and, and brain power to improve the patient care. I really think that that's where we have to get to. You know, we know that pharmacy technicians are instrumental in sort of medication coordination teams and, you know, being on the floors and helping support our pharmacists. So it'll be really interesting to see where we all head up. But, you know, we're definitely going to make some investments in some of that technology to figure out, you know, how do we best support our staff and then improve the patient care. Thanks, Becky. Yeah, I mean, as you and Brian were dis discussing kind of the future in my head, I think there's there's obviously several different you know, challenges or, or there's opportunities. I think we're we're all facing these kind of right now. And if we think look towards the future of five to 10 years, we'll we'll be part of that that solution to evolve our industry in in supporting our workforce. I think there's a, a people solution there, whether it's retention or whether it's building up our, our pharmacy technician labor force. I think there's some flexibility around work hours and and where we have our staff work to as well. And that technology piece that you and and Brian just spoke out about it. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a, a huge and hugely important part of, of what we do moving forward and how do we continue to do kind of more or, or less with the same amount of people that we have related to just our industry in general and, and some of the workforce challenges um, that we have. So as we conclude, Becky and Brian, I just wondered if you have a, a few, a, a minute or two to kind of summarize or or uh, provide a parting thought on, on the 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 process that you've gone over the past um, several months and, and years in terms of retention strategies and and what you have looked forward to. Brian, maybe I'll start with you. Sure. So as you mentioned, retention is, is just as important as recruitment of, of those new hires. And so ensuring that we're engaged with our staff to their needs, to their personal needs, and engaging their professional development is of the utmost importance to to keep our staff in and keep moving forward and to achieve the goals of the department. The ASHP in the last year did put out a resource center as well that can be accessed for pharmacy technician recruitment and retention. So in that is uh, various uh, ideas that other health systems and hospitals have shared uh, through resources to, to that might be applicable to your site that you could try or implement. We're all in this together. Everyone's struggling in the, in the same boat. So, so we're definitely interested in, in seeing what works and hopefully can continue to share this topic. Thanks, Brian. I agree. We've definitely accessed the tool center and toolkits many different times. 
we learn from talking to each other. So I think what's what's important here is really gathering the insights of of our frontline folks and figuring out you know what works in the hiring process, what works in the retention process again and and advocating for all of those folks to ensure that we can provide as many of those options as possible because I think unfortunately this is an issue that's going to require as many tools in the toolbox that we can gather. Just really appreciate talking with all of you about it. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Becky and Brian. And I encourage everyone to continue to, to work together and network to, to identify opportunities around this topic. And, and I first and foremost want to thank Becky and Brian for their, their time today, allowing, allowing us to discuss this important topic, which is around human capital management and how to optimize organizational work structures and recruitment and retention. Uh, to find more member-exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises, and teams and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to at ASHP official podcast. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.